Joe Seiden. Yes, sir. Great to, <clears throat> and I'd say be back, but if you were listening last episode, if you're watching last episode, um, first hit the subscribes, hit all the follows, but also actually call out. Someone was wondering, what is Clubhouse? We keep talking about Clubhouse. Oh. Slight call out yeah. is Clubhouse is an app <clears throat> on your <clears throat> iPhone or Android where you can, where basically we can chat and then bring people up to ask questions live. You get to listen to us live and we get to uh, bring folks up that have questions. And it's just a, a kind of more informal version of these conversations. We do it every Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. And it's, it's a little more informal, but I find them just as fun and, and valuable. Um, and we also release them back as episodes on the podcast. You'll see that listed, demarcated as a Clubhouse episode. On the YouTube. On the YouTube and on uh, podcast, uh, your favorite podcast player. So basically that's what a Clubhouse is. But we're back here, uh, and I use that term back loosely because if you listened last week, we love the conversation so much. We just said, "Okay, let's." We just keep got it going. in the time machine and we fast forwarded, and we're here. It's a week later. A week later, magic. Looking the exact same. I've got the nice uh, sunburn from <laughs> the first hour. The first hour. We're out here in. This is the backyard. Joseph lives right here. I live right over there, um, and on a different block, but right nearby. And this is SoCal, if you're watching on YouTube, we're out and about. If you didn't catch the last episode, go check it out on Effortless Living. It is, I loved the conversation, but really love diving deeply with you. And one of my favorite aspects of Vedanta is, is just, it's why I love, you know, the fact that it's called the practical philosophy is so, um, Meaningful because it is so easy to practice it. It is not some crazy esoteric concept mm. that then you're like, okay, that's cool philosophically. How do I apply that to my life? It's so practical yeah. that it is how to live. Yeah. Um, and so that episode is great. One of the things that, uh, that came out of that episode and that conversation we just had that I wanted to ask you about is maybe the, the other side, the... Uh, the other side of this conversation, the other side of the coin, where we feel like we're living such an effortful life, where it is so draining. Someone listening to this right now, maybe this is getting shared with you or sent to you or you see it on your YouTube feed, just at the right time, where you feel like you can't control your mind, you can't control any aspect of what's happening in your life and you feel like there's just forces pulling you in all directions and you feel like it's just too much. Mm. Starting with this, this first scenario where someone is just at their wit's end, they're so drained by life. Mm. What would you say to that person that is absolutely distraught? And I, and I actually mean just like logistically, what do you say to someone that would come to you that is in the worst shape they've ever been in their life? They can barely hold it together. And they're like, Joseph, I am, I actually am contemplating hurting myself. Mm. And then we can go, you know, in gradations to 
where others might be, but just starting in that worst case scenario. Go to a therapist. Mm. Go to a professional. Somebody who can level you up, at least to being normally functional. Just because you took it to that level. Yeah. If it wasn't taken to that level, I'd say take a vacation. That's what I was thinking as you were talking. Mm. I would say take a vacation. Chill, relax, step away. No, but you said we're not supposed to get away from action. You got to find peace in action. True, if you know the technique that we talked about in the whole last episode. Otherwise, you need a vacation. You need weekends. You need a break. You need less action because action's being done incorrectly. Therefore, it's draining, agitating, disturbing. If it's done well, like everything we talked about last time, if, we're, if it's for a higher ideal, it's, if it's uh, done without letting the mind interfere too much because of the governance of the intellect, if all these things, good company, and all, purpose, everything, then you won't get in that situation in the first place. But if a person's in that situation, they need to step away. They need to step away in order to <clears throat> uh, get space to reset, to think, to, to reestablish what they're, what they're doing and why they're doing it and how to do it. Mm -hmm. And get, get some guidance, hopefully. Otherwise, you'll just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. you'll just, and so if they're asking me, then they're in touch with Vedanta. So if they're asking me, then I'll say take a break and get a copy of that book and take it with you. Which one would you recommend? Uh, probably Follow the Human Intellect to start. Just to understand what's the mind, what's the intellect, what are the um, <clears throat> different factors. For, for the, and I've gone through it now. But no, but just to be clear oh, before we move on. For a person who's really in, in a situation, a psychological uh, serious situation, there are professionals who can help that person get at least base functional. Mm. Vedanta is really not useful at that point. It's not an emergency room. It's not an emergency room. In fact, can even make it a little worse, mm. you know, perhaps, because it, it's meant to stir you up. Disorienting. It's meant to sort of, yeah, make you question how you see things and everything. That's not what you need. That's not what a person needs who uh, is in a really challenging, mental, fragile state. Could you say Vedanta is a, it's a hospital and a, maybe a gym, but not an emergency room? Like, it, you need a big surgery, <clears throat> you know, yeah. uh, a heart trans, transplant. Yeah. It, could, it can do that, but it's yeah. not. It's a good analogy. Room. It's a good analogy, yeah. In fact, I've heard Swami talk it, describe it as a hospital before. A few times uh, when he was asked in front of us, what's your favorite chapter in the Bhagavad Gita? You know, and he's like, you're asking a doctor what's his favorite procedure. <laughs> you know, <he's> <laughs> Classic. So that's what he said. And it's, uh, it depends. Different chapters for different people. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it is kind of like a hospital. But if you're bleeding out, you know, you don't need a homeopathic medicine or acupuncture. Bed rest, yeah. You need someone to sew up your artery mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. And 
if that's the mental state that a person finds themselves in, that go get stabilized first mentally, then then pursue Vedanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a that if this is finding you and some algorithm, and you're watching mm-hmm. this video right now, and you are in that state, then uh, it is. Yeah, it's worth that tactical call out, and that that it is. And this somewhat relates to where where um, this conversation goes. It seems like therapy, philosophy, religion, they they seem to all they seem to all orient around how to avoid self-sabotage. Like your number one enemy is you, miss you. It's like the Buddhists say the right tool in the wrong hands becomes or the right tool in the, used in the wrong way becomes the wrong tool. Like mm. you have this body, you have this mind, you have this intellect. Used in the wrong way, you are your worst enemy. Mm. And to that extreme scenario of this is the lowest I've ever been, and I'm and I'm contemplating hurting myself, then you need as little control, uh, hands on the wheel as possible, and check into a medical facility yeah. for for seven days, knowing that okay, I'm going to get benefit by just not. That's ultimate kind of like. I guess taking your hands off the reins of yeah. self-sabotage. Yeah. But in the um, as the gradations as we move up towards from that scenario, and and we move into something that maybe someone it's not as dire, but they do feel like God. Every day is the same. Mm-hmm. Just wake up, drive to work, soulless job, drive back home, eat TV, eat eat dinner while I watch. Someone else, else, you know, live their life on TV, mm. go to bed, do it all over again. Mm. Um, and they're not at the lowest they've ever been, but they also feel like, what is going on? Yeah. This just doesn't feel right. But every day is the same BS. What would you say to that person that, that let's say you're just, you sit down at a bar and they happen to be next to you and they're like, seem to know what you're doing (laughs) what would be some words that come to mind um unlikely it would be at a bar (laughs) (laughs) i just don't it could be um theoretically there's too much involuntary music in such establishments to have a real Mm. conversation uh but I don't know. Let's say an airport waiting room. Mm. Let's say I love throwing these vague so- these these vague pitches across the plate for you because yeah. I, I I have no idea where you're gonna. Yeah. Let's take say it. like God's grace, I get an upgrade, and it's the guy sitting next to me in the front of the plane or whatever. Um, and they they start talking. So it's it's. Again, going back to fall of the human intellect, it's, it's really a question of, first of all, sort of uh, helping people understand what their experience is. What is the worldview that they're holding? Mm. And who are they that are holding it? What, who's the holder and what's held in terms of a worldview? So I actually used to do this kind of just kind of as a joke, but not really, is people would talk to me and they'd be like, what do you do? 
And I'd say, I'm a worldview analyst. Mm -hmm. And I would say it just to start a conversation for fun, you know, to get this going and try to keep a straight face, which is kind of hard, but <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm a worldview analyst. Mm. And they'd say, oh, what's a worldview analyst? I'd say, well, um, really trying not to start laughing, you know, be like, well, you know, you wake up in the morning and take your legs out of the bed, put your feet in your slippers. And they're looking at me like, fine. <laughs> I've done this like with yeah. real people. You should try it on the plane yeah. to India, man. Yeah. See if you can get it going. It's hilarious. But you can't, you can't smile. You kill yeah. it. So you put your feet in the slippers and you look around. You're experiencing something. All of a sudden, you were just dreaming. Now you're experiencing something. What is that? You can give a little smile relief. And they say, uh, I don't know. I mean... Well, how do you view what it's you're seeing? It's life, right? It's life, it's the world, it's whatever. Yeah, but what is that? What, what are you experiencing? What, what is the world? You get somebody talking and you can kind of find out where they are, you know, in terms of what they... Sometimes people say... Sometimes people are baffled, which is baffling, because, like, somehow you're in business class and, like, you're clearly a functional human, doing well and better than me, but you have no idea, you've never thought about this question. And it's really obvious, which is great because it's like a blank canvas. Yeah, it's almost like I'm gonna potentially, sitting next to you, I'm gonna potentially help you with a free audit on this thing that is the most important thing that you carry around every day that every you've day. never You don't even know you down. own. Yeah. You don't even know you own. It's so fun. And, um, or they give you something that's just like, TV dinner, like you were saying. It's just like something that they've been fed, that they've been <coughs> eating all the time, and they're like, well, that's the worldview file, and they may not even think about that, and they hand it to you, and you're like, okay, I know where you got that food. I saw it on the shelf also. Well, it's not. What would be an not, example where, like someone saying, well, to live with purpose? Anything. Anything that just seems, it could be a religious worldview, it could be a, you know, a scientific you know, in the beginning, Big Bang, nonsense, whatever. It could be anything. And you, but you'll know if it's just been handed to you. They may, versus someone who genuinely is devoted to that worldview. It's a real different vibe. So you start to know that, you know. And then other people, you're like, I need a piece of paper so I can start taking notes. Because this is awesome. I've had those two, you know. Um, really just amazing conversations that people have really thought through and I may not necessarily think that their logic is sound or that their conclusions are correct or anything but wow like they're speaking from truth and devotion and and their own thinking you know mm -hmm. point is once you get into this like worldview thing and I wouldn't necessarily go through that exercise with everyone it's just an example you it know sounds it's fun it's fun but it, you know you have to have time but you start to get a sense of, of what's driving people. And you kind of move into that. So you start with what's the world. You see what I'm doing? Because it's like, it's, it's not personal. It's external. You're not immediately going at somebody. Someone's saying, there's something uncomfortable in my life or there's something missing or whatever, whatever it is. You don't immediately start pointing at So, well, how do you see things? Like, what, what do you see the world as? Mm -hmm. 
And then you can kind of be like, well, how do you think like your vision is playing into that? You can start drawing it more on, towards them because ultimately that's what it is. Ultimately, Swamiji Vedanta, particularly Swamiji's way of teaching Vedanta, um, says, if there's any agitation in your life whatsoever, it's due to selfishness and ego. Which is not what you just, you can't just start by mm -hmm. saying that to somebody. It's like, you know, I don't know. Someone's trying to lose weight and you tell them, okay, just eat broccoli. It's not going to be like, no thanks, they leave. So it's, you can't just straight tell someone you're selfish. But if, or yourself for that matter. I mean, it's not just about lecturing other people. But if we're really start trying to analyze for ourselves or for others, what could be the cause of a boring, unsatisfying, rote existence. Mm -hmm. It will come back down to selfishness, egoism, a constricted worldview um, that needs to be lifted, that needs expansion, needs higher ideas to spread that mind out and let the junk fall out, kind of air it out, you know. Probably the same for the scenario of the effortful let you were saying go on a vacation, effortful, I'm burnt out. I, yeah. I'm not at the, again, gradations. I'm not at the absolute lowest of my life, but yeah. I am burnt out. Yeah. They aren't bored. They're, they're depleted. Right. And, and would you say same thing? I, I'm at, I, you'd, I guess you would. Yeah. That, that agitation that you're feeling comes down to selfishness. Selfishness, which I wouldn't necessarily directly punch at, but, right. but you can, it, it is to do with our view of things, how we meet the world, mm. how we meet our lives. And then there's so many different ways of changing perspective. When I, it, it definitely like having a, I mean, an easy thing is to say, go serve somebody. Okay, but like, really? Like, is that going to work? Ultimately, it will work. Like, if, if a guy in the, wakes up in his apartment in New York City and he's going to the same job for 16 hours a day and hates it and everything's terrible, and it's like, okay, go to the soup kitchen on Saturday mornings. I mean, it might work a little bit, but what really needs to happen is a deeper shift of perspective to let him see everything from a, a higher point of view. Mm. So ultimately, it gets down to knowledge and study and reflection and taking your thoughts off of the little self all the time. That's where the liberation is. It's at the thought level, but we can start by externally pointing as well. It's a good, it's a good uh, example where <laughs> knowledge, it's, as you've stated before, Vedanta is uh, a manual for living. Swami mentions that. Um, you mentioned in earlier episodes and the manual for living is you get a new appliance why would you not especially if it is you get a new appliance that is your new house with smart everything mm -hmm. and a pretty simple manual mm -hmm. you know it's not this isn't a manual that's like an encyclopedia the manual in many ways like the Bhagavad Gita 45 minute conversation it's not you got 80 years might as well spend a little bit of time on this and you listeners might uh, hear 
nice little airplane flying over ahead. But the, uh, you wouldn't try to fly the plane without knowing what, what you're dealing with. And, and yet with our lives, it is like worldview, animal. worldview. What do you mean by worldview? I don't have a world. Do I have a worldview? It's a great question to ask yourself. Right. And immediately takes it off of the pain. Just fascinating. Like even, even aside from the actual answer, what is that saying about like uh, great people talk about ideas, yeah. less great people talk about something, Mediocre the worst people, people talk, talk about, about events and poor people talk about it. Other people. People, yeah. It's true though. Like there's a reason you love philosophy. You know, I mean, it's true, bro. I mean, <laughs> great, it, it's great. You love it. No, like yeah. it, I remember Cheney asking us like two years ago. Remember she came in the, the, the dining room at the house and was like, you guys still have, how do you guys still have Vedanta to talk about? You remember that? Yeah. Because it had been like three years of this. And at, at that time I was living on your property and it was like all the time, you know? And mm -hmm. she's like, how do you guys keep talking about this? Because it's like, you don't think about any problems. Because we're great. You were, because yeah, we're, we're great. great. No, because yeah. we got the hack. The hack yeah. is put your thoughts on something higher and you're liberated. But I can't tell someone who's hyper stressed out or whose mind is racing or who's completely freaked out by XYZ. Here, sit down and study Vedanta. Right. Or even worse, here, uh, just pra practice some mindfulness. Watch the dot disappear and watch mm. it come back on your phone. I mean... I'd say go have a drink before that. It's just dumb. It just yeah. these these things are gimmicks. And okay, go stand on your head. Go hang upside down on the rings. I mean, these things will definitely for a minute like stop you. Have someone slap you also will work. Mm -hmm. But like that, that's not that these are not really useful constructive uh, solutions. Well, in the vein of it being a manual for <clears throat> living, it's like all right. Uh, page 17 I just read through the manual page 17 this agitation I'm feeling somehow has to do with selfishness you hear it you learn it that knowledge then you're like well okay I got it I have a little something to push back I'm feeling agitated I'm feeling run down I'm feeling burnt out I'm feeling uh, stressed I'm feeling bored I'm feeling uh, like life is monotonous okay I'm feeling agitated and this this philosophy says it has to do with selfishness. Hmm. <laughs> and that's the magic of it. Yeah. Is, is it you hear something, you can't unhear it. It's like the nuclear knowledge bombs talk about in, in previous episodes where you hear something, you can't unhear it. And then you're like, oh, okay. Um, it's like being on a golf course and realizing, wait, there's a pitching wedge in my, in my bag? That's <laughs> exactly the club I need it right now. <laughs> And you got to know how to wield it, but at least you got the club of, mm -hmm. oh, this is due to selfishness. Instead of, uh, I didn't get that promotion. Ah, oh, the market is doing this to our company. Ah, oh, this is this happened in this relationship. Uh, man, my team doesn't respect me. That works under me. This employee, all of these things that agitate us, are rendered moot if we take this. Uh, face felt even just play around with this idea of um, it all goes back to selfishness and that's that is uh, 
so damn useful. And that's why I love calling it the practical philosophy because yeah. it's, it isn't like, hey, 10 years from now, this will make sense. It's like you on the couch listening to this right now that are thinking about something you're agitated by. Tomorrow, 4 p.m., you get agitated by something. You sit down and you, you are able to apply it so quickly. Find the selfishness in it. Mm-hmm. Ask who is agitated and why. And, and is it possible to relate to this particular situation without agitation? And what would that be? I mean, you need tools to do this, but... And also, it's not like people are like, I've got enough to do, man. Now you're giving me another chore mm. going through my mind. I've got a kitchen to clean and babies to change and whatever. Now you're telling me to do this chore also. It's not like that. It doesn't have to be this, like encyclopedic exercise every time we get to just check yourself oh it's fun to do it in parallel yeah yeah whoa i'm getting freaking flooded right now yeah why why what's what's my wrong expectation or or what's my out of proportion desire or what's my desire and okay these people want that you know, we all walk, we go to a restaurant together, and I really am getting annoyed because everybody wants to sit in the booth, but I want to sit at the table. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? How do you, you can, you can fight to sit at the table. You can do that. Or you can just eliminate your selfishness. You can really pick your battles and go sit in the booth. There's no agitation. Like, this is service. It's not just going down to the soup kitchen. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of dumb to tell people, like, oh, just... You know, find a find a somebody to serve. Find a charity to participate in. Do think a GoFundMe. Think about others. Quit. Don't think about yourself. Go think go ride others. in a 10k for cancer. I'm not saying don't do any of that stuff. I mean, we run a nonprofit. It's what we do full time. It's not. We're not against charity work, but ultimately, it's really about reorienting <clears throat> our own approach. And this is a good one to stumble onto. I just, as we are, is to pick your battles, man. You know, which things really, which things really matter, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I'm flying tomorrow to Houston, and they haven't upgraded me, <laughs> despite my gold status. Joseph is a uh, through-and-through aviation geek. I'm I love, a complete nerd. These things all the time. All the time. I love booking James's tickets. <laughs> he does help booking my tickets. I love it. And I go sit at LAX. I got to tell you, I met my... I met, I met the, the main guy who broadcast from there. I was completely starstruck. He gave me a bunch of stickers. What do you mean broadcast from LAX? The YouTube, the guys who watch the, the plane spotters. Oh, that's a thing? He had, at, when I walked up to him, he had a laptop and a phone. He had 200,000 people on TikTok when I was standing next to him. <laughs> it's totally a world. 200,000. nothing about and I, and I knew him by his voice. I was like, are you from airline videos? And he was like, yeah, I'm Kevin. I'm like... Oh my God, I no got totally way. freaked out. I was like, this is like meeting Anthony Kiedis or something. I was completely like, oh my God. <laughs> he gave me, I've got stickers, I've got pens. Anyway, I'm all lost in this now. Okay, so your flight about. to Houston. My flight to like, Houston. You got all the miles, you got all the credentials. I'm the man, I should be getting upgraded. I could go early. I could fight with customer service. I could go get the special care in the lounge and probably get it fixed. <laughs> Or I can go and have a coffee and a croissant 
and look at the airplanes. Cause where'd, you, where'd you go to get a coffee? Person? I'm a geek. I don't know. I actually, you know, I get it's probably the Impossible Breakfast Sandwich at Starbucks. Oh. Have you had one yet? No, but I heard good things. A meal. Dude. It's so good. Shout out to Starbucks Imp- Impossible Sandwich. That's good. And I can chill and, and relax because it's only a three-hour flight. If it's from here to India, I might go battle mm-hmm. if there's a chance. So pick your battles. Pick your battles. What's the big deal? What? I have a desire to be upgraded. I have a desire to do that. It's there, I confess. Who doesn't? You know, you have to be a saint. The, the new final desire is the desire to be above upgrades. I'm not there. But really, for a three-hour flight in the day, it's not a red eye. It's nothing crazy. It's a decent seat. I can see in front of the engine, which is important for me. I want to see the flaps. Anyway. And it's, it's not putting these extra tasks and chores on three other people, displacing someone that might get the upgrade. and it's Bothering uh, the universe. Yeah. Just flow, man. It's a stupid example, but people can see it. Like, really, does it matter? That's a good, I think that's a good practical thing. I hadn't thought of it really consciously until now, but if something's really bothering us, or we think it's really bothering us, maybe pause and be like, okay, in the history of my year, this is called lateral objectivity Mm -hmm. versus vertical. In the history of my year, how much does this really matter? Mm -hmm. Does this, is this really worth the battle? You know, and maybe another way to look at it is like, There are people in the Ukraine who are walking in the snow with their kids and being blown up and seeing that happen. And like, does this really matter? Mm-hmm. So again, it's thinking. It's like a little pause. What, what exactly am I complaining about? I have a comfortable lounge chair with a flat screen at 30,000 feet going 530 miles an hour roughly. Right. It, and there, are, there a, are people in the world that are, I mean, you can look at the stable job. You, you can look at it the, through, the, through the verticality of the entire universe or in, in, the, in the history of your own life, you know? Does it really matter? The verticality of the universe and not the horizontality of yeah. time. Yeah, time. The, and, and, okay, what is, there's, there's some work to be done because there's an agitation here. Yeah. What do I, what selfishness is leading to this? Yeah. The, the last <clears throat> gradation would be, in this, in this kind of spectrum, would be before we get to what we chatted about last episode, um, effortless living, but in this gradation journey we're taking, the last would be just you, your mind is racing. And it's just, it's been racing all day. Um, and it's about this in the morning, that in the afternoon, this other thing in the evening. What would you say to that, that person that has seemingly mundane, but it's not mundane. That's, that is the For them, issue. it's everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, what would you say to them with the practical Vedantic lens, someone that has a racing mind? Learn to switch off. It's a really key skill. And I know it sounds a bit vague, but Whatever switches off for you, do it. If it's sitting and watching airplane videos at LAX, sit and watch airplane videos. (laughs) It's quite a culture, man. There's all these dudes standing with long lenses and stuff. It's 
It's pretty dorky. Take your word for it's it. Pretty, yeah. it's, it's pretty dorky. Talking about composite materials of airline wings and stuff. But whatever. If it relaxes you, it relaxes you. Solvitor ambulando. Go for it. It is solved through walking. This mm. beautiful Latin phrase. Take a walk. Solvitor ambulando? Solvitur ambulando. Mm. It is solved through walking. And there's a specific meaning for it, but I like to use it generally, you know? I'll just say, Solvitor ambulando. It means I'm going for a walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't study anymore. I can't think anymore. I don't want to do anything else. I just need to switch off. Go Solvitor ambulando. Go out walking. Or whatever. Whatever a walk is for a person. Go exercise. Yeah. Play around in your garden. I don't know. Sit in the sauna. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Each person's got their thing that can switch off. And if the thoughts are, I'm just wasting time doing that, do that. Just waste your time. Waste some time. Mm-hmm. Just burn it. And chill. And live to fight another day. Deal with it tomorrow. Yeah, one of the things I, lo- mm-hmm. I love about the, the approach to Vedanta and studying it is two hours a day. Like, it is not, you're not trying to get a mathematics PhD in five years. You are just two hours a day, maybe three. Yeah. But in the 16, 17 hours that you're awake, this is the most important thing. Yeah. The most important, most critical foundation for everything else, but just two or three hours. Yeah. yeah. And do other things. Yeah. Including turn off, which is so counter to Western culture, which is go as fast as you can. Yeah. We chatted about last episode. Mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. <laughs> the Beatles propaganda of Such a hard day's night yeah. and then yeah. the reality of, of uh, the... Just do nothing. Of chilling the whole time. I love that Jackson Pollock movie. I forget what it was called. It might have been just called Pollock with Ed Harris. Have you seen it? Mm. Oh, you'd love it. Oh, my God. Jackson Pollock, you know, yeah. of course. Ed Harris, it's a bio. of. It's super good. Awesome. It's great. But um, Ed Harris is just awesome. But um, it's amazing how they, they show it pretty well, too. I mean, you can't in a movie spend hours just having an artist sit on the floor. But that's what he does. A lot of the time, he's just sitting in, in his, on the floor of his studio, which like Guggenheim or somebody paid for him to, to sit there. Mm. It's like all part of it. And like they come by in their fancy cars from the city, and he's out in the country somewhere, I believe, upstate New York or something, and they come and look, and he's just staring at the wall for like way too long. For them to be, they're like, there's a show coming. Like, it's been eight months. What do you, you haven't done any work? He's like, mm-hmm. No. <laughs> it's amazing, amazing. And, and it's not that he's sitting there. People get the wrong impression that sometimes people are like sitting there planning out their creation and getting a masterpiece. And then maybe they're just waiting for it. Mm. Maybe they're just like open enough to wait for it, you know. He had other issues, obviously, so no one should get too specific on the personality of Jackson Pollock, but Mm. that piece is there. A lot of it is just giving it time. Um, Often in the ashram, I've seen students come and be, you know, rightly fired up. I mean, they've just walked away from their life in the world and they've checked into this 
traditional ashram in India, and you know they they want to get going, and they always you know they'll go and they're really inspired ones, and quite a few times, uh, I've heard them tell the story that they'll go say all this to Swamiji, and he'll just eh, just eat and sleep, eat and sleep for the first year, <laughs> and that's like really not what they wanted to hear you know they wanted to be like here's the secret mantra mm-hmm. son sit down and get it you know a racing mind you need magnesium three and eight and yeah. then apigen and yeah. And, the, yeah and do this and 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 this special exercise you're so motivated you're you can do this extra study and this little one more book and mm-hmm. he says eat and sleep <laughs> just eat and sleep <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Like, you think, like, the, it seems the opposite, but life is like that. It, it takes time. It seems like there is this gradation. <clears throat> There's this, uh, this evolution of, uh, in these scenarios, just <clears throat> going about it live in my mind, is uh, you have the first one, ex- you're in the extreme, your extreme despair, and it is just put your thoughts in, and your body in someone else's care. Have that type of uh, objectivity. Yeah. Then it is take a vacation. Get distance that way. Um, then you have see where the agitation is, is tied to selfishness. And it's get distance that way. And it's, you know, goes from physical to geographic to mental distance. Then uh, now we're talking about uh, go on a walk or turn off and and it's another form of of distance or objectivity and these are all kind of like they seem if and correct me where i'm wrong but it seems like they're all hacks to give you objectivity until you can foster uh, objectivity within yourself with daily study of until you just live with that elbow room constantly but there, it, it is a useful lag. There's a useful just, a useful disengagement that allows you to re-engage more fully. Going on the walk, doing nothing, turn, yeah. sh- turning off, shutting yeah. off. Yeah. It is so hard for, for me to turn off. Yeah. It's, and I think it's part of just the myth that I eat like cereal of like, you can't just stop in the middle of the day at 4 p.m. and <laughs> do sleep. nothing and sleep. Lay there, yeah. Lay there. Sleep, actually, I can get behind. Uh, but like 4 p.m., 5 p.m., just watch a basketball game. At, you, know. you know, kids, I'm sure you've said it to your kids, but like, they're like, I don't want to take a nap. Yeah. Oh. You say, just, just lay down for a while. <laughs> and then they're out. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So it's like that. It's like, just know, like, oh, it's not going to work. I'm too agitated. Yeah, just lay down for a while. Like, literally, just, you'll wake up an hour later and, oh, I don't know what happened to me. And you'll feel great and you'll be so glad you did it. But even if you don't fall asleep, just the act of just like, time to stop, time to not engage this anymore. This is done really a useful thing even like in the middle of a conversation if something's like just getting too hectic at work or with a partner or something, you can just call it just be like 
I'm good. All right, let's let's all step away mm-hmm. and do this again in an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the meantime, right. let's do whatever comes to mind mm-hmm. or not do yeah. anything. Yeah, there's, and I want to, okay, we're all, almost on time, but I'll tie it back to this. Yeah. Um, a lot of this, it, it, it seems to uh, map to, and I we've chatted about uh, Fall of Human Intellect, one of Swami's books before, but I mean, part of me, 10% of my mind is like, ah, we don't even bring it up again. We've chatted about it before. 90% of me is like, I just spent another, I don't know, two months going through it again for the, after reading it now the, the second time and uh, e-learning mm. tiny little bits mm. every morning mm. and it still barely clicks like it's mm. so if that is the book that you'd recommend to the person to go on the vacation or the person that after that walk and they realize wow that walk really helped I want to listen to this Joseph guy even more why does fall of human intellect come to mind and could you give some of the synopsis of where then it becomes helpful as we move beyond this spectrum of here and now on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. This is what you'd say to, okay, now you're interested in a little bit more of this manual. Um, could you walk, walk us through, uh, and I know this is, this is asking a lot, mm-hmm. but walk us through a six, seven minute synopsis of why fall of human intellect comes to mind as the first thing you'd give to someone. The analysis is objectivity. Yeah, it's like all of these are hacks to give you a little objectivity. When you want the real thing. So the moment you start analyzing, you're apart from it. The moment you start observing and analyzing, discriminating in in the positive sense, use of the word, trying to understand what's going on with yourself, there's immediately uh, that separation. By the very fact that you're analyzing versus being involved in it. Being involved in it is the mind, is mental. You're, you're so enwrapped in the guy insulting your wife for her haircut that you completely lose the plot and go hit him on the stage. Mm-hmm. Mind, pure mind, like actually insanity. At a certain, for a point, right? And there, that, there's literally a part of me that was like, that's such a ridiculous example, but I get it. And then I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. On the biggest stage ever, that was... Completely lost the, Oscars. the plot of his own life, of his career, of the, everyone around him, of all the people that's night, well, Questlove won an Oscars. Dude, are you kidding? The Roots. Mm-hmm. You know, like, What? Uh, all of that's overshadowed. A terrible thing. And he knows it and probably knew it instantly. And just took him a day to come around to the... Imagine the drop in his stomach when he woke up the next morning. and was like, oh my God, that wasn't a dream. Mm. It's just horrible. I feel it's horrible for him. Yeah. But anyway, involvement, right? So if the, intel- if the intellect had, had for a, a second said, wait, what's happening? What's that impulse? What's, what is that? Why am I standing up right now? What am I doing? He could have even pulled it back like a few steps early. And it would have still been news. Do you understand? Like Will Smith stood up at the Oscars and yelled it. I mean, but it would have been way different than slapping him. Mm-hmm. You know, 
even if you just stood up, it would have been news. I mean, in that place, you know, that, that it's crazy that it happened. So the, the coming back to follow the human intellect, the moment the mind, the, the mind overtakes the personality, we get involved, we lose the plot. That's when all the damage is done in our lives. We, we do all the things that then cause further repercussions and further repercussions. And further yeah, it's not just the racing mind that's unpleasant. It's clouding you. You're about to make potentially one, two, three bad decisions. That will, that I mean, he will never, he will be known for that. Every movie he's ever made, tainted. Everybody he's ever worked with, tainted. Imagine all the people that work for him. There must be like a teams of people. These people are like products themselves. All of them. It's just lost all of that in that moment for, mm. for nothing. So, I don't know. If nothing else, he gave the world one heck of a lesson in, in the mind over the intellect and attachment and what it can do to you in, so, in your actions. So, um, I mean, this is what the value of reading Fall of the Human Intellect over and over again is that it makes you... At first, you read it like a concept. These are concepts. How interesting. Which itself, as we were saying, is a bit of a relief from normal life because it's this higher stuff. It's not about, it's not reading ads for stuff you need to buy. It's not studying crypto to see which token I should buy. It's, it's not about shopping or nothing. Mm -hmm. It's something just per se, just elevating because it's some interesting ideas mm -hmm. for your intellect. It's, it's good. Um, but then you start to recognize it in yourself as you continue the study. You start to notice your own mind and be like, oh yeah, actually, that's what it said in the book, the mind does. Yeah. Okay, and that's what I'm doing. Okay. What did it say the intellect can do in this situation? Oh, well, I could try that out. And you I mean, that was, the that was such a huge thing for me when just knowing, okay, we have a body, and two internal equipments, mind and intellect. Huge. Within a day or two, I remember being like, oh, that's what I'm using right now. Yeah. To say, what was that? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm using right now to not do X, Y, or Z. Be like, no, there, I think there's more to be learned there. Wow, I'm walking away from whatever that was for something a little more mentally nutritious to reread that part that I read yesterday, whatever regulation we're applying to our mind. I mean, we use these terms like mindset, yeah. but then we don't, in the West, we don't go yeah. far enough to say, well, what is setting your mind? Yeah, yeah. That you care so much about this yeah. mindset for yeah, yeah. the game or the big meeting. Right, right. Compose yourself with what? Right. Gather yourself. Get a hold of yourself, man. Yeah. With what? <laughs> yeah. With like, hold myself or like, right. what do I do? That's intellect. So it, it, gives you that and then it gives you all these incisive different angles on the same thing all these tools of what is selfish what is unselfish what is selfless what is passive what is aggressive uh so many other things it, it talks about you know what is concentration what is consistency what are all these things what is addiction what is all these different ways that the the mind plays what's up insanity in us. what's what? insanity what's what is sane what is insane what is eccentric, what, uh, he defines it all un, with, through the lens of mind and intellect. And this is the intro book. This is Follow the Human Intellect. It's, it's like a two-hour read. It, but it's 
it's a if two you, lifetime you, read. Yeah, if you try to breeze through yeah. it, yeah, it's and and this is just the beginning, right? And then you know you but you do through sheer analysis start to get a little step off of your personality rather than being involved, just a little. And to the extent you can step off your personality, you are that much more towards ecstasy, ecstasis, to stand apart. You start to stand apart simply by analysis. Not, you haven't even injected any higher grade concept yet. You're just the analysis itself is a, is a state of objectivity versus just being involved in it. If, if the guy had, had analyzed a little bit I don't think he would have moved from his chair. And it, no one would ever be talking about that. No one would ever remember anything about that. Mm. Now that's all we remember. If anything, he could have handled it to where it was a net benefit of show a stern face. The guy making the joke then realizes how much egg they ha he has on his face because he didn't know about mm. his wife's yeah. uh, ailment. And then it's like, wow. The, the stuff celebrities have to put up with, and now it's the opposite. It's like the, the stuff celebrities get away with. The, you know, the we were chatting about this about a week ago that uh, Richard Rohr, great, uh, he's a Franciscan priest, kind of like the modern Thomas Merton, just brilliant, independent thinker, and uh, while being this influential Franciscan priest, he's got a great book called Universal Christ, and one of the things that he talks about it that I we were chatting about and, and um, talking about last week was says that Christ's first words, uh, first public words, <clears throat> wasn't repent. Mm -hmm. um, the Greek term for it that was actually uh, in the fifth century, Saint Jerome mistranslated it into Latin. And the Greek term, uh, the correct translation of it is uh, the term metanoete, mm -hmm. which is overcome your mind. <laughs> or subdue your mind. Meta over noete, uh, your mind. His first public words. And this is a this completely independent of anything pedantic. It, but probably Christ, not, but that's okay. Yeah, probably not. I'm <laughs> sure there is. I mean, there, there isn't a... Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it was Ramatia that said it. It's like open your eyes and the universe teaches you Vedanta. But it is so interesting that that's his first public words. Um, overcome your mind, subdue your mind. And in every one of these gradual scenarios where from absolute despair to why is this just so effortful to absolute uh, inane boredom and monotony and lifeless life, every single one of them has this aspect of all the way to the, the seemingly mundane, man, my mind is racing, I need to go for a walk. It is, there are these hacks that you're mentioning along the way, and then there is also this, this meta yeah. uh, solution and meta problem that is happening, which is you can't control your mind, and so yeah. it's in control of you. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't be a slave to your mind. It shows us how many ways we are, that book and shows all these solutions to not be. And that's just the opening salvo of Vedanta. Ultimately, it comes and says, you are not your mind. You are not your intellect. 
You are pure consciousness. You are not, you have nothing to do with this personality anyway, who's getting so bugged. You're the absolute, you're the infinite, you are the ground of all being, you are the isness that's imminent and transcendent in everything and everyone. Speaking of, that, I mean, that's the true objectivity. Right. And that's where the Gita gets to in the Upanishads. You wake up in the early morning and you contemplate upon yourself as infinite pure consciousness. It's kind of like, are you really going to get bugged if someone <laughs> doesn't like your wife's haircut? <laughs> or makes fun. Or if, if, if something happens to you that you lose a business or God forbid something happens to your health or a loved one or whatever. It's not that you're cold, but you can handle life because life is that. Life is that. Even this shall pass away. Mm -hmm. Theodore Tilton. That, that's the whole philosophy. Everything will, is changing. The body's changing, your emotions are changing, the intellect is changing. So when you, when you get into that level of Vedanta, when it starts talking about the absolute self that you are, not the body, not the mind, not the intellect, these things become small. Mm. Uh, things that were so important, that were so big before, it becomes quite small. Even your own birth and death, it's part of life. Dude, we got the paparazzi around us because we're laying yeah. down so much, People so much dynamite. Screenwriting Vedanta, right? Now. Yeah, yeah. Skywriting. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's... <clears throat> that was only the beginning to be like, wow, there's another equipment within me. Yeah. And it was just giving a name to something that existed that then every single thing from fall of human intellect to anything in the Gita it's not it's not like uh, this is otherworldly and it is and it is a huge leap of faith it's like this is how it is this this is the rationale behind it this is this is a um, this is something that you actually can put on as just as concepts um, and it ends up like the intellect, but maybe in a deeper, richer sense. Mm. But I could wear that concept that day. Yeah. M maybe more that week that I was like, another internal quit. I just thought I had the mind. Mm. And that was it. Mm. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. Like, that's the thing. Don't waste that. And it's like, no, there's Amazing. something. You're not wrong. Else. You can grab it. I've given talks in homes before where there's like an eight-year-old, literally, eight or nine-year-old in the back running around while I'm talking. And then the mother or the father, whoever, next time I see them, they say, uh, we're never having you back again. Say, what happened? What did we do? What did we, did we say something? I forgot, you know, sometimes we get involved and say something offensive. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, it's not you, that mind intellect stuff. I'm like, I mean, that's Vedanta. Doesn't it help you? And they're like, yeah, but now every time the mother like does something that the kid knows the mother, the mother, the kid comes and says, Mommy, you're using your mind, not your intellect. Mm. They weren't even listening to the lecture, man. They were in the background, like playing with their stuff and they get it and they get it then and, and can immediately apply it. And I say, don't worry, it's a good for your child. Like it may annoy you, but number one, they're right, <laughs> mm. you know, develop your intellect. The kid's right. 
Number two, imagine if you were taught that when you're nine. Hmm. What all stupid stuff would have been avoided, at least for me, if we had gotten some Vedanta. And look, I, it's just not there. And, and it, it's not that it wasn't there. It, it just has to be put in a way that, that makes sense to that, that person at that time. So, Well, I think one of the most brilliant things of miraculous things that, uh, that Swamiji has done is, is take this thing that you can uh, grok in, in the first week of in the first maybe hour that you hear um, you have a mind and an intellect and that's what you are utilizing or not utilizing mm. but uh, string that along to the deepest of deep waters <clears throat> which is Vedanta Treatise does so beautifully as his major work um, his magnum opus of, of you are it <laughs> and for all the listeners that I can mm-hmm. hear, uh, at least in my mind, going, what? Yeah. Um, that is, uh, you, can, you can elect to not go to that side of the buffet right now, but if there's something powerful in this concept of mind and intellect and having both of those, and that you actually not only can control and get the reins of a racing mind, but your natural state is to have control of that racing mind and that seemingly mundane scenario. If you find power in that, it is like catching your first wave surfing. Mm-hmm. Eight months from now, mm-hmm. 27 months from now, um, this stuff will take you all the way to at least conceptually seeing, okay, now I, I at least can play around, swim around in this deep end of the pool. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately, hopefully, uh, you get to the point where you realize that it's, uh, it's not just interesting and digestible concepts, but it is uh, truth far from that point. Yeah. But it's, uh, it certainly it helps with living, living effortlessly all along the way. The personality is meant for our use. It's a vehicle. It's not supposed to cause us problems, you know? Mm. And like a vehicle, you should be able to park it. When you want to park it, just turn it off. Mm -hmm. Step out of it. That's how otherwise you live in your car all the time. It's nice if you can just step out of it. And that, my (laughs) friends, is the ultimate other end of the extreme of checking yourself in and and being able to check yourself out check yourself out that's it (laughs) all right all right man just signing thank you sir thanks bro thank you for another conversation until next time everybody that episode was fantastic and if you are digging yoga for your intellect and want to introduce this philosophy to your coworkers and your team. Well, Joseph and I are down to come visit basically an in-person YFYI. Come visit with you and your team. In the same way that you might invite a yoga instructor for a team building event, we're willing to come to your office and talk to your team as well. We can do it over Zoom as well. It is, uh, it's whatever makes sense, but uh, we're even down to do it in person 
And that is just in line with the mission of making this philosophy available and accessible to all those that seek it. Joseph and I would love to come talk with you and your team about yoga for your intellect. And that really comes from my perspective of running businesses for the last 15 years and just knowing, man, it was about 10 years ago, I was running a 50 person company led to a trip to the ER is drinking seven cups of coffee a day to try to stay on top of everything. Um, trip to the ER with a heart condition. Needless to say, it was a very, very stressful, extremely stressful time in life. And that business ultimately failed. And 10 years later, I sit here and, and get to have these conversations with, with Joseph while running two companies and, and, a venture fund, each day just feels like it's a hot knife through butter. I have not had a single day of stress in the last six, seven years of building multiple companies and, and multiple venture funds. It's truly remarkable, and I know that it's not me or the businesses that are different than 10 years ago, but it's my approach to each day and quite literally to the start to the day because every day starts with this philosophy for me. And we want to share it with your team. For me, it feels like an obligation of sorts and a loud siren saying that teams and companies around the globe need to hear this. So if you're interested, email us at, this is the key thing, email us at yogaforyourintellect at gmail.com. That's yogaforyourintellect at gmail.com. Use the email address in the show notes and we would love to come chat with you and your team.